Hello again, everybody. This is Laith, a uh, scholarship worker for University Counseling Services, and I'm here um, in the middle of um, a two-part podcast with Joe Hamilton from University Counseling Services. Um, if you caught the last one, uh, then you know that that was sort of focusing on getting to know Joe a little bit, getting to know maybe a little bit where he's coming from. And this one is going to more focus on um, what Joe does at University Counseling Services. Um, and it's a, a pretty important, uh, an important topic because, as uh, Joe sort of mentioned last time, the um, a large portion of uh, the population at one point or another does suffer from anxiety. So this is something that's very relevant, especially uh, maybe on a, a competitive uh, university campus like this one. So why don't we go ahead and get into it. Thanks again for joining me for this second part, Joe. Appreciate it. You're welcome, Wayne. Um, okay, so we talked about it a little bit in the last one, um, and you said that anxiety is is such an important topic because you said so many people suffer from it at one point in time. Um, so what percentage would you say, and you may or may not have answered this in the last one, but what percentage of the population do you think suffers, or what percentage of the, of the population do studies show um, like suffers from anxiety at any given point? Yeah, I was looking at some information on that. I was, I was already aware that uh, you know anxiety disorders uh, as a group are one of the number one mental health concerns, but uh, right. I did get some um, information on that. And okay. uh, for males in their lifetime, about 19.2% wow. would um, have an anxiety disorder at mm-hmm. some point. And for females, it's even higher at around 30%. Wow. Why do you think that is? Well, I think... Uh, there's probably a, a number of reasons, but mm-hmm. uh, just because of life circumstances and when things are so stressful or when you experience some sort of trauma, the anxiety response, you know, it, it is a very natural response. Mm-hmm. If, you, if you think about the fight-or-flight response, it's built into us to be um, a, a way to protect ourselves and keep us safe from right. harm. Right, And so it's it doesn't really take too much for that to trigger to sort of maybe get um, a little exaggerated and, mm-hmm. and it becomes an anxiety disorder. And so where we all experience maybe from time to time a little bit exa- of anxiety. Right. You know, you were talking it's finals week, mm-hmm. right? And so mm-hmm. you might have a little bit of anxiety about your one remaining final. Right. That in itself, not an issue, but mm-hmm. if, if that continues <laughs> over time, becomes more chronic and, and really starts to disrupt your life, then it could turn into some sort of anxiety disorder. Okay. And so, you know, anxiety is, is just something that we all experience. Mm -hmm. um, Like I said, it's one of those things that it can become heightened a lot of times, depending on uh, uh, life circumstances, and then there is a genetic component, which I know we'll talk about later. Okay, and is that, going back a little bit to what you said, that's how we know um, it's becoming sort of a disorder and it's no longer natural when it starts to disrupt the life. Is that is that right? That's right, yeah. If, so, if, if it's causing, you know, your problems with work or school or relationships mm-hmm. um, or even, you know, it's just something that's really um, affecting your thinking or your feelings on, on a day-to-day basis, then that's probably when it's you're having some sort of um, anxiety disorder. Okay. Um what types of um, anxiety do you think um, are maybe more specific to the university student as opposed to the general population? In other words, 
how how do the manifestations of anxiety of a Truman State University student differ from those um, of maybe someone in the general population? Well, uh, when we looked at uh, really the percentage-wise, um, if you look at how many uh, people would experience some type of anxiety disorder within a 12-month period, um, it's about 12 to 17% range, so mm-hmm. it shows in the general population. And we found here in the National College Health Assessment um, that's just looking at Truman students that mm-hmm. it's around 14%. So probably, actually, mm. our college students are experiencing very similar levels of anxiety as the general population. Interesting. What we might see here more specifically relates more to just being a college student. Right. For example, uh, you know, test anxiety, probably more of an issue. Definitely, yeah. It's only an issue when you're in school. Exactly. Luckily. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, or, you know, if, uh, maybe public speaking, mm-hmm. you know, that's can be uh, probably the most uh, biggest phobia that people have is a fear of public speaking. Hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. But a lot of times, once you're out of college, you can just avoid those situations. Right. And so, but uh, especially here at Truman, almost every class has some sort of speech or something. Exactly, like that, yeah. So. And I think, I think one of the LSPs may be like a speech class, too. Exactly, right. So, so it's pretty hard to get through Truman uh, and if that's a, mm-hmm. a, a major concern that you have. And so... Uh, and also, I think, you know, among uh, Truman students, we one thing we notice is a lot of perfectionism. Right, right. And uh, there can be a lot of anxiety that goes along with that. Yeah, understandably so. Um, and does, like, okay, if, if typically if a person has anxiety, like uh, maybe like an anxiety disorder, or maybe it's reached the point where it's, it's no longer adaptive, but rather maladaptive, to what... Um, to what extent can we expect that anxiety to sort of follow them around throughout um, throughout their life? In other words, if I suffer from anxiety now, can I expect to suffer from it later? Or is it something that we sort of grow out of, so to speak? Um, I think, you know, it depends on the um, type of anxiety disorder. A lot of times, especially when people are young, children, you know, have a lot of phobias mm-hmm. in particular. Right. Fears, um, you know... Uh, you might remember when you were young being afraid that there was a monster under your bed. Or How did you like know? <laughs> Frightening. Yeah. But a lot of times, you know, as we become adults and um, are become more rational, a lot of those fears aren't there. Right. Um, but then also... We learned that the monster couldn't possibly fit under the bed, so it's <laughs> right. probably in the closet now. <laughs> yeah. <instead>. yeah. <laughs> and so a lot of those kind of phobias we do grow out of. But then as you go along, maybe you might develop a, a phobia... Um, uh, like a, you know, let's say, for example, you aren't afraid of flying, but you then you experience a really uh, traumatic experience during mm-hmm. a flight where you think you're going to crash. Well, you know, then you might develop a phobia after that. <laughs> right. It's kind of one of those things until you, uh, a lot of times, if you have a real uh, fear-inducing experience, mm-hmm. then you might have a phobia, and it, it takes a while sometimes to overcome that. So a lot of times it right. takes getting through, for example, another flight that goes smoothly and mm-hmm. you know you're fine like, in order to overcome that fear. Yeah, like little little kids, for example, if you are bitten by a dog as a little kid, you need to uh, sort of have a lot of encounters with nice dogs before you realize, hey, you know, not all dogs are going to bite me like that dog did when I was a little kid or Exactly. Something. So, yeah. okay. And there are some other, like probably, um, for example, obsessive-compulsive disorder mm-hmm. that oftentimes... Um, 
is a longer sort of issue for people, especially if they don't have treatment. Mm -hmm. um, panic disorders, a lot of times people will experience a panic attack. For some people, they'll just have one panic attack, and it's not an issue anymore. But other people um, will have a panic attack and then start... Um, having panic attacks in similar situations or right. they get afraid that they'll have another one, uh, mm -hmm. which can lead to panic disorder. And so it really kind of depends on the individual and their circumstances of mm -hmm. whether or not that particularly particular situation turns into a panic, uh, some, uh, like a, an anxiety disorder or not. Mm. Um, you may or may not know this off the top of your head, um, but with some with some like physical health conditions, like this may or may not be true. But for example, um, if you have a heart attack, maybe your chances of having another heart attack go up. Is that true with like with panic attacks? Um, does your do your chances go up if you already if you've had one before? Or do they stay the same? Or? Yeah, I don't know about specific uh, research on that, but I'm guessing yes, definitely, mm -hmm. because uh, sort of once you have a panic attack, um, the fear becomes just as much as not necessarily about just a similar situation, but the fear really becomes, oh, what if that happens again? Because a lot of times right. when people have a panic attack, they actually are afraid that they're having a heart attack or that they're going to die. Right, right. Or, you know, they're really overwhelming, um, really frightful experiences. And mm -hmm. physically, they can be, um, you know, you just have a lot of extreme symptoms. And so... Right. Um, they, so, they're very scary, and so a lot of times, then any sort of um, the original source of the fear may, you know, disappear, and it right. maybe it sort of goes back to that old Roosevelt quote, which is, you know, the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. Yeah, because the fear becomes about yeah having another panic attack. Sort of so I always, you know, that's definitely one that I encourage people to seek help right away mm -hmm. because the sooner you get. How do I know if I'm sorry to interrupt? But how right. do I know if I'm having a panic attack? How does that how does that differ from like uh, you know I maybe uh, before my eleven thirty final tomorrow maybe at eleven fifteen my heart starts uh, racing and maybe I'm a little bit sweaty and maybe I'm a little bit nervous. Mm -hmm. How do I know that's not a panic attack? What's the difference? Well, it's probably there is. Maybe it's hard to distinguish kind of what is that threshold. Mm -hmm. that, it's that, very subjective. Like, right, exactly. It brings you from just feeling anxious to a panic attack. But usually with a panic attack, people report, you know, the racing heart, sweaty palms. Um, there, A lot of times there can be a really overwhelming, you know, fear or panic or anxiety. So much that you, it's really hard to even think or function mm -hmm. at all. Um, and so that's probably the difference between just feeling anxious uh, you know, you can still pretty much function. Where if you're having a full-blown panic attack mm -hmm. and you were, you know, trying to even think or do anything, it's very difficult because you're, you're, there's so much, uh, so much feeling that's overwhelming you, right. and also because your your body physically is having so many um, different symptoms that go okay. along with the panic attack. Okay. Um, and is there? Do we believe there's a genetic uh, component to anxiety? Yeah, well, for a lot of dis, uh, anxiety disorders, we know that there is at least a, a connection. Um, for example, panic disorder we know runs in families. Um, a lot of uh, phobias, well, agoraphobia tends to run in families. What is that? Agoraphobia is when you'd be afraid to, like, a, well, it's actually a fear of uh, open spaces, but how it, how it kind of looks is that people don't want to leave their home. Oh, or, I see. Or leave their a place and then for, you know there's some research that shows, shows agoraphobia is um, runs in families okay and uh it says a compulsive disorder i actually looked that up it says uh if you have for example obsessive compulsive disorder there's a 25 percent chance that 
that like a close relative of yours will have OCD as well. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. Um, in your experience from working at University Counseling Services, what are Truman students most anxious about? If they come in and they say, hey, um, I'm anxious because blank. How do most students finish that sentence? Well, probably just like in the general population, um, social phobia or social anxiety would be the most common type of anxiety. Oh, okay. Okay. And so a lot of times it's, yeah, some sort of social situations that are causing him anxiety that, that they're seeking services for. And they might not even realize that that's what the main concern is right. at the time when they first come in. But, um, you know... You're, they're having problems maybe speaking up in class mm -hmm. or meeting friends. Mm -hmm. um, you know, obviously with social phobia, public speaking is going to be very difficult. Right, right. And so um, usually those are the type of anxieties that we see. But, you know, we definitely see various phobias um, and uh, panic disorder, sometimes just generalized anxiety disorder. Mm -hmm. um, that's where people feel pretty much uh, anxious or nervous all the time. A lot of uh, how it shows up is they're worrying about things a lot. Mm -hmm. And especially um, there is really a connection between that kind of chronic worrying and anxiety at, that can lead to depression over time. Right. So they might be coming in for depression, and then once once we get to working, it's pretty evident that there is an thing. A lot of anxiety that is underlying mm -hmm. the cause of the depression. Do anxiety and depression typically occur together? Well, I don't know about typically, but often they mm, occur okay. together. Um, a lot of times, like I said, the anxiety can kind of chronic anxiety can lead to uh, depression. Okay. Um, so a lot of people uh, won't uh, hear this podcast until the beginning of next semester. So why don't we take this opportunity to ask, um, maybe you had a really, really stressful semester last semester. Maybe spring 09 was not the semester for you. Um, and maybe um, it was because of anxiety. What would be the best way, at this particular point in time, at the beginning of the semester, what would be the best way to sort of guard against the development of anxiety? Yeah, well, I think um, probably taking some time to... Uh build some relaxation time into your schedule mm -hmm. and really um, do some relaxation training in, the, in order to help you reduce your anxiety and um, know how to um, deal with uh, anxiety once it occurs. Right. Um, there's also a big uh, kind of cognitive component that we talk about when dealing with anxiety. A lot of it is, uh, you know, just how do you talk to yourself? What sort of things do you say? Do you... Do mm -hmm. you Tell yourself things that heighten your anxiety, like I can't handle this, mm -hmm. or I'm not, I'm going to fail this semester. Right. You know those kind of thoughts that people have, that kind of negative thinking, um, just causes more anxiety. But okay. I think in general, you know, try to leave about lead a balanced life. You know, get exercise, mm -hmm. good time management, um, and really know what your limits are. Uh, college students, especially here at Truman, tend to overextend themselves and get involved in a lot of organizations and right. stay up late and all those kind of things that mm -hmm. in general are not uh, good health habits and, and those kind of things really probably heighten your risk of, of having an anxiety disorder. Okay. And if you were, uh, any listeners, uh, if you were wondering 
um, about uh, maybe some information about sleep and its importance. Uh, Brian and I actually did a podcast last week, so if you just look right above the one we're doing now, you'll see a podcast on sleep if you're more interested um, in that. So, okay, um, I guess that's pretty much all I had for you. Is there uh, is there anything that you uh, that you wanted to to add or or anything anything like that? I just think that, you know, if anyone out there is uh, concerned about this issue and mm-hmm. wanting to know more about anxiety disorders, to have, make sure that they schedule an appointment. Okay, and just so everyone knows, uh, University Council Service is located uh, right by Grem Hall, and the number over there is 660-785-4014. And Joe's email is, one more time? Hamilton at truman.edu. All right. Um, That's it, everyone. Thanks a lot for listening, and we will see you later.